What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. This is a live episode tonight uh, because I was in Pennsylvania yesterday, and you know we did get more information about practice squad protections and all that shit. Um, but if you haven't already, like, comment, and subscribe. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or a video drops. And today, <clears throat> really tonight, we'll be talking about the Bears Giants game that is due to happen tomorrow. Uh, shout out to Tony Clark in the chat. What's going on, guys? Like, comment, subscribe, do all the good stuff. Share out as well. Uh, helps out. Going to definitely be considering your guys' comments. Later on in the show, we will have Mason West on of uh, Grid- Gridiron City. Well, actually, it's Windy City Gridiron, you know, for the Chicago Bears. Uh, that's probably going to be around 8.50, 8.55, uh, which gives us a good amount of time. Just talk about our Giants, you know, do all the good stuff. So share this out. Do what you got to do. There's sirens outside, um, but that's New York City. That's living in New York City. Uh, our usual stuff, and if you've never been here before, in terms of how we do these preview episodes, well, we go through the injury report. We go through the stats. We go through some analytics as well, things to look for, players to watch, questions to answer, keys to win, a prediction. And then the last three episodes, which has been good, uh, we've been you know getting some guys on from the different team that we're facing and we've been getting some an outside perspective. Um, I know I necessarily didn't have one for the Titans game, but I was on with uh, Titans weekly on their podcast. They unfortunately couldn't come on mine because I think they were busy. Then week two, we had Dean Jones on uh, week three, which was last week. We had uh, Riley Donald on. He also is a big Iowa fan. Um, and then obviously tonight we're going to have Mason West on, but shouts to Jeffrey shouts to Mary. What's going on guys. Keep the comments going. Uh, love the interaction from the chat, as usual. So before we get into the injury report, and you know we combine this a little bit with first thoughts, I was a little amazed this morning when I woke up. And when I woke up, this tweet was from 16 hours before. So last night, I really didn't read much of my tweets because, A, I didn't want to waste mobile data. B, I was at a high school football game. Uh, I used to obviously go to high school in Pennsylvania. If you guys watched the podcast episode from about a year ago um, back in March when I don't think it was my 100th episode, at least not to my knowledge. It may have been. Um, But basically, I was talking about, you know, how I uh, came on as a podcaster and all that stuff. That was one of the podcast episodes, once again, back in March of last year. And I mentioned how I went to school. Uh, most of my life in Pennsylvania and then moved back up here. But that's, you know, besides the point. So I woke up this morning and I see a tweet um, from Giants Wire. And I'm not necessarily a liker of their content, but I'm like, okay, this is surprising. What did they tweet, you ask? Nick Gates is prepared to come off PUP next week. So I'm like, you know what? Let me go check with the guys from the beat. I see Dan Duggan tweeted out, and boy, am I happy. Boy, am I happy. Um, obviously, many of you know, I don't think I have it as a picture on here. Um, I might pull it up just for shits and giggles sake. Okay, that's not where I want to go here. But yeah, I, t- I actually met Nick Gates uh, back a few months ago with Giants Fan Fest, actually about a month and a half ago. So, you know, hope he's doing well. Obviously, he's doing great for his rehab because he's going to be coming off PUP next week. But um, 
let me say this as well. And I know there's been some issues in the past with Feliciano not getting playing time and him complaining about it, not necessarily with the Giants, but with the Bills. If he looks good in terms of Nick Gates and if he's, you know, functioning in his rehab and he's practicing, he's doing all these different things, um, he should be in the starting lineup. He should be in the starting lineup. And you could potentially see in a few weeks, this isn't necessarily certain because I know they love Lemieux. It's not necessarily confirmed that they love Gates. But you could see a little bit of the line that we've seen the last two years. Andrew Thomas at left tackle, which we've already seen. Shane Lemieux at left guard. He's got the foot injury. Hopefully we'll see him you know, in a few weeks. And then Nick Gates, who's coming off PUP. So, um, and John Feliciano is not going to be here next year. I think that's pretty obvious. The Giants will either draft the center, they'll sign a center in free agency, whatever. And then obviously right guard Glowinski is not it. Uh, he's going to be here for two, three years of the contract. Hopefully he steps up his play. But putting Nick Gates in there puts a sense of fight in there. Uh, not that this offensive line doesn't have a sense of fight because we obviously saw John Feliciano go out and bat for his quarterback on Monday um in terms of the fighting and also defending him in the pressers but um to be fair john feliciano is a veteran he's replaceable nick gates is a little younger than he is and he is better so if that's better for the line and you know in terms of technician in terms of technique and all that stuff they got to put him in and i think i'm going to be you know riding that train and shouting that from the rooftops once that time comes once nick gates gets healthy at least we see in the reports so i just wanted to bring that up for y'all uh, let's see what up Jeffrey. Uh, I'm happy Penn state football won today. They are undefeated so far. Yeah. They've been starting out really good. Um, can't complain about that. Obviously if you're a Penn state fan, I know a couple of people that actually go to Penn state, some in the normal campus, some of the Hazleton campus, which, uh, is a very different story, but obviously it's from the same college prayers for Tua injury looks scary. Yeah. I mean, that was, uh, that was a pretty, uh, Terrible situation to put your quarterback in. I mean, he obviously was concussed. He never should have been back in the game last Sunday. And then they put him out on Thursday and he gets wrecked. Like, obviously, you could make the determination, well, you know, Josh Tupo maybe should not have hit him that hard. But at the same time, Tua shouldn't have been out there. Um, and, you know, they haven't ruled Tua out for next week. I mean, I don't know what the Dolphins are doing. I don't know what the Dolphins are doing. Just some, you know, side thoughts, because obviously I'd like to acknowledge the comments. So now that we're doing a live show and all this stuff, and I have StreamYard, we're going to go over the injury report. Let's go over the Bears injury report. So Matt Adams, linebacker, he is doubtful. Dane Krushank, defensive back, he is out with a hamstring injury. Same thing, you know, with Matt Adams. Uh, Ryan Griffin, the tight end, former Jets tight end, is doubtful. Jalen Johnson, this is a big one, but I'm going to talk about it more uh, in detail later on. He is out. He is their number one corner. Valus Jones Jr. is questionable. I think he's going to play. Uh, he has a hamstring issue. David Montgomery, once again, another key injury for the Chicago Bears coming into MetLife this week. He is out with an ankle and a knee injury. He Obviously, won't play this week. Robert Quinn with an illness. Uh, he's probably going to play. Cairo Santos is actually not traveling with the team. And, uh, you know, to put it into perspective and just to get some details out there, Michael Badgley is going to kick for the Chicago Bears tomorrow. Uh, it's not going to be Cairo Santos, despite being listed as questionable. And then Roquan Smith, linebacker, unspecified status, 
means he's going to play. And then Sterling Weatherford, uh, the former safety. Now, I think he's transitioning the linebacker. He is questionable with an ankle injury, and I don't think he's going to play too much anyway. But then again, who knows? Um, Maryland kicked ass today, too. Four and one now. Yeah, Maryland is definitely looking good. Now let's take a look at the Giants injury report. Cordell Flott, Nick McLeod, both are out. Uh, Flott's going to be out a few weeks with a calf injury, which, you know, it's not necessarily ideal, but we are getting Aaron Robinson back, so that's kind of a saving grace. Nick McLeod, uh, he really hasn't been healthy most of the season. He's out with a hamstring. Wendell Robinson out with a knee injury. Uh, obviously, they were probably going to, you know, just think overall, okay, he's going to be, you know, ready for this game or whatever. They could have put him on IR, but obviously that's not the case. Uh, Kadarius Tony, he is out with a hamstring injury. I can't say I'm surprised. Uh, it's getting a little ridiculous. Jihad Ward, knee injury. He's going to play. Leonard Williams out with a knee injury. He is, you know, out. Um, he'll probably be back next week in London. Uh, he's a fighter. He's missed one game in his NFL career. He'll miss this one. It's a shame, but hey, listen, Leonard Williams has been dependable, and he's, uh, he's part of our defense that is currently being missed right now. Justin Lane will play. He had a concussion a few weeks ago, and then Aaron Robinson, appendix, he is going to play. Um, while I have that, and talk about that. Let's talk about some other things as well that relate to the roster. Uh, as I mentioned, the Bears have called up, uh, or they actually signed Michael Badgley, the kicker. He was a former Chargers kicker. I also think he was with, I want to say the Colts for a little bit, but you know he's known around the league. And then uh, they also elevated running back Darrington Evans from the practice squad. So with that being said, uh, he was a former Titan himself. He, he was kind of the backup uh, for Derrick Henry for a few years. And then you take a look at the New York Giants and who they called up. They called up Marcus Johnson and Henry Mondo from the practice squad, some wide receiver depth. Uh, this is the first week they're calling up Marcus Johnson. And Jalen Smith was actually signed from the Giants practice squad. I'm very happy about that um, because he's probably going to have a good role this week with um, you know the run defense struggling a little bit last week. Calitro not playing well. Leonard Williams being out. That's a, that's a big loss for the Giants. Uh, so there is that. Mary says, as an OSU fan, I'm upset that C.J. Stroud is entering the draft. I think he should wait because he's only a sophomore. Uh, kind of a similar situation with Haskins. I mean, he entered the draft as a sophomore. So we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, as of right now, the draft class kind of looks shady. There's a lot of quarterbacks that could come out earlier than expected, but most of these quarterbacks are going to be sophomores this year, or they are sophomores the next year. Um, they're going to be juniors. So that might actually be the better class for the New York Giants. I know that's kind of a hot take right now, but uh, we'll see. I know a lot of people are fantasizing over Will Levis and a couple other guys. We'll see. All right. So we went over practice squad. Uh, elevations, and we went over the injury report and some first thoughts. Now let's get into the stats and the analytics, which I always give you guys. Uh, the Bears this season, they are 32nd in total offensive yards per game. They are 32nd in passing offense. They are second in rushing offense, and they are also 20th in points per game. In terms of the defense, they are 20th in total yards per game, 9th against the pass, 30th against the run, hint, hint and also 11th in points per game. 
You look at the analytical side for offense and defense, they are 32nd in pass percentage, so they don't pass the ball a lot. Um, They are first in run percentage, so that tells you everything you need to know in terms of the frequencies. They are 31st in pass percentage on first down, and they are first in run percentage on first down. So once again, kind of tells you the story that they are a very run-heavy team. They are 31st in blitz percentage, so they really don't blitz the quarterback a lot. However, they do get a lot of pressure. Their pressure percentage, they rank fourth in the NFL and then 24th in sacks. So obviously some analytics you'll have to take uh, with a grain of salt. But hey, listen, they get pressure on the quarterback, not necessarily coming down in sacks, and they really don't blitz a ton. I forget who their defensive coordinator is. I know their offensive coordinator is Luke Getze, the quarterback coach, who they stole from the rival Green Bay Packers. Maybe take a look at the Giants offense. They're 21st in total yards per game. Uh, in terms of passing, they're 30th. In terms of running the football, they are 4th. So kind of looking like the Bears in this situation. They're 18th in points per game. Defense-wise, they're 16th in total yards per game, 10th against the pass, 25th against the run, and 12th in points per game. Um, you take a look at the offensive analytics. They're 26th in pass percentage, 7th in run percentage, 31st in pass percentage on first down, and 2nd in in run percentage on first down. Now, defensive analytics. Uh, second in blitz percentage, 16th in pressure percentage, and 30th in sacks. So there you have it. They're second in blitz percentage, Martindale. Pressure percentage, I mean, the pressure wasn't there last week. It was more the week of the Panthers. Hopefully we get some sacks this week or some really valuable quarterback hits. Uh, Mary says, I have to head out, but have a great night. Go Giants. Thank you, Mary, for tuning in. Uh, and then 30th in sacks. I mean, we haven't gotten a lot of sacks. We've gotten three, I think, in three games. That's not very good. All right. So I'm going to take a sip, and we're going to talk about things to look for and move forward with our podcast. Going very quickly here, but once again, when we get to the interview, it's going to be a little mowed down, and I usually like to have a good 20-minute conversation with the opposition. Things to look for. Saquon Barkley to be utilized heavily. Ugh. Obviously, I like the Giants in terms of they should be using their passing offense more when their weapons are on the field. And the weapons aren't on the field. And Tony's out. And Robinson's out. And all these different guys are out. So your wide receiver core is literally going to be David Sills, Richie James, Kenny Galladay. This is probably the worst wide receiving core, and this is just a fact. This ain't me getting on Joe Shane or all these other things. This is probably the worst wide receiving core I think Daniel Jones has ever dealt with. Uh, certainly that I've seen, because obviously, you know, he's had Sterling Shepard in the past. He's had Golden Tate. Um, he's had Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton's on the team, but with Marcus Johnson coming up, I mean, is that kind of a telltale that Slayton may or may not be active? Depends on how they use him. Um, but they got to get some of these wide receivers involved. And it's a shame that they don't have their speed guys because I feel like their speed guys can get a little bit of separation. Richie James, yes, you can consider him a speed guy, but he's his core special teamer. Um, so there's that. And I also go to the fact that Jalen Johnson's out this week. He is the number one corner for the Bears. So it's going to be Kyler Gordon. Uh let me look at the Bears depth chart. I know Lamar Jackson from the Jets is on there, but it's not like he's going to start. So here are the corners. It's Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, uh, 
Lamar Jackson, Kendall Vildor, uh, Josh Blackwell, and Jalen Jones. Now, if I'm not mistaken, they had a guy that was really good last year out of uh, Oregon. And I think his name was Thomas Graham Jr. I was looking at him later in the year, and oh my God, they actually cut him, did they? Yes, they did. They cut him, they signed with the practice squad, and then the Browns have him. So that was not a great decision. Maybe I'll ask uh, Mason about it. But at the end of the day, even though all this side talk is coming out, Saquon Barkley is probably going to be used heavily. Not like he hasn't been this year, but the Bears' run defense is bad. The Giants have no offensive weapons other than Daniel Bellinger, who's been as a safety net this year. So look for that to happen. And I just said what the next thing to look for was is Daniel Bellinger being the safety net. I mean, I liked how he was more utilized last week. He was also utilized against the Panthers as one of the top threats, uh, if you want to call it a threat. But he, he's been good, and he's been good for you know a fourth-round pick. He hasn't been dynamic. He never really was that type of tight end, not an Evan Ingram type. But he's been solid as a blocker. He's probably been one of the more underrated pieces when you talk about this offense. And this offense obviously hasn't been productive. But I like what he's put out so far. I like what he's put out so far. You know, he's definitely been one of the more productive guys in terms of the receiving and tight end core. Bears pounding the run. That's going to be in either way. Whether the Giants were good or bad against the run, the Bears pounding the run. Uh, Justin Fields. He really hasn't looked good to start the year. We'll talk about him in a little bit in terms of players to watch and his stats and all that. And we're also going to talk about Justin Fields with Mason. But uh, Bears pounding the run. I mean, their run blocking is really good for some reason. And, you know, their offensive line isn't really much talented. Uh, you take a look overall. Braxton Jones, he's a late-round pick, I believe, from last year or two years ago. Cody Whitehair, the former center, moves over to left guard. Lucas Patrick, former guard for the Green Bay Packers. Tevin Jenkins, a pick from last year. And then Larry Borum, late-round pick. He's more of a uh, depth tackle, if you will, but he's in there. So it's not great in terms of talent. It's definitely not great in terms of talent. Now, am I saying that the Giants' offensive line is way more talented? No. Um, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm giving my opinion. I'm giving my thoughts. So they're going to be pounding the run, and the Giants need to come up uh stopping Khalil Herbert. A lot of people are going to start him on fantasy thinking, well, the Giants are going to give up this many running yards to Khalil Herbert and the guy behind them, uh his name is Tristan Ebner, if I'm saying that correctly. Oh, well, maybe he's not a fullback. I think he's actually a running back. I'm going to take a look live right now on that, Tristan Ebner. So they do have a fullback. It's not Ebner, but return specialist, all that stuff. He's got 23 rushing yards on the year. He was actually a six-round pick out of Baylor. And this was actually the other running back uh, beside one of my favorite guys, and Abram Smith, when we're talking about Baylor. But with that being said, just to put the point down and finish off, the Giants, they don't have Leonard Williams, Jalen Smith. I don't care if he knows a third of the defensive playbook. Now, obviously, they're not going to play him if he, he actually knows a third of the defensive playbook. But... He's got to be in there. He's got to be the, in there more than Calitro. Calitro gave up a big run to Tony Pollard last week because he wasn't disciplined in the gaps. Tay Crowder, I mean, he's not necessarily your tougher linebacker. And Micah McFadden, you know, he's making plays, 
not necessarily showing up on the highlight reel, but it's showing up on the tape. So he's going to continue to learn. Really hasn't been uh, impressive, but he hasn't been disappointing at all. I mean, he's been what a sixth-round pick is. Well, he's actually fifth-round pick, but late-round pick, either way. Uh, and then more explicit blitz packages with less targets in the open field. Now, once again, the New York Giants do get Aaron Robinson back this week, which is a very good thing. I like Aaron Robinson. I want to see if they test him a little bit. But you're looking at this wide receiver core. Other than uh, Equinomius St. Brown, which I always have trouble pronouncing that name, and then you have Darnell Mooney. Other than those two guys, there's not necessarily great targets when you look at the core. Cole Komet, solid tight end at best. Valus Jones, he was out of Tennessee this year. Dante Pettis, the former Giant. Uh, Jake Tongs, Trayvon Wesco, former Jet draft pick. Amir Smith-Marset. Those aren't great targets. And I've kind of made the point over the last few weeks on Boys in the Gap. It was like, you know, Justin Fields really hasn't been surrounded with a lot of pure talent all of it is potential and i don't know what type of potential you have in this wide receiver core so as much as it pains me to say these two teams might be very alike now maybe some giant fans will say okay the coaching is better on the giant side because they got martindale and they got dable and they got this guy and that guy whatever but the talent is really similar because the offensive line they have you know some key pieces cody white here has been here in terms of the bears he's been there a while Andrew Thomas has been, you know, one of the best tackles, if not the best tackle in the NFL. Wide receiver-wise, there's not a lot of talent there outside of Darnell Mooney. Running back-wise, obviously, the Giants got Saquon Barkley, and they got Brightwell, and they got Matt Breida, so it's not a bad room there. And then in terms of tight ends, once again, not very good. Not very good. So offensively, these two teams, once again, look very similar. Um, maybe... People don't think that, but honestly, it's got, yeah, yeah, it's the truth. Um, so more explicit blitz packages. This isn't a good pass blocking line. I think they're 31st or 32nd in pass blocking. When you look at the analytical ranks this year, which isn't necessarily a good thing, but Hey, uh, our giants offensive line. Hey, listen, we're growing. Their offensive line is growing. They're probably going to shove uh, some rookies in there over the next few years and see what happens. Right. So players to watch, I think the number one, for me at least, is Khalil Herbert. Uh, they're going to be pounding that run, and he really, I'm not going to say didn't make Bears fans miss David Montgomery, but it looks like they didn't lose a step. Now, it could be the run blocking O-line, it could be this, that, whatever, but Khalil Herbert in three games this season, 33 attempts, 240 yards, 7.3 yards per pop and three touchdowns. I mean, he's got 80 yards per game. Uh, not really receiving back, but he's a threat out of the backfield in terms of running. And the Giants need to stop that. Once again, shoving Jalen Smith, get your guys to work harder on the defensive line. Dexter Lawrence can't do anything. You know, I don't want to say that. Okay, maybe I just had a blooper. Dexter Lawrence can't do everything. He can't. He's had a really good season this far. Not in terms of the stat sheet and the highlight sheet, but on the film room, he gets double teamed a ton. So before everyone screams at me for saying, oh, he doesn't do anything, why would you say that? That was a misstep by me. I apologize for that. Uh, but Khalil Herbert, they got to stop him out of the backfield. Um, Then you take a look at Equinamius St. Brown. The reason why I look at him is he's their lead receiver. And I think it's 
a telling of two things that they don't have an 100-yard receiver yet. Really, three things it could be. They spread the ball. They don't pass it a lot. And Justin Fields hasn't been good this year. Uh, Fields overall, before we look at St. Brown's receiving yards and all that, 23 completions, 45 attempts. That's a completion percentage of 51.1. Not very good. 297 yards, two touchdowns, four interceptions. He's taken 10 sacks. So once again, not very good. Uh, it's his second year, really first year full starting. So, I mean, we'll we'll see what um, what he has in store for the rest of the year, including against the Giants. And then for St. Brown, he also has some rushing yards on his record, two rushes for 43 yards. Uh, his longest run was a 41-yard run, so that's quite interesting. Maybe some trick plays there. But in the receiving game, he has four receptions for 77 yards and one touchdown. Uh, Dante Pettis also has another touchdown. He is their second leading receiver, one reception, 51 yards. So that's pretty much that. Um, Eddie Jackson's another guy to look for. I'm going to look up his coverage stats right now, but I know he got an interception in the end zone off Davis Mills last game. And uh, he was good a few years ago when they came to MetLife Stadium. I don't know if he's still at that very good level uh, on the season. He's allowed a 44 completion percentage, which is very good. A 31, well, 30.1 passer rating, 66 yards, 21 tackles. He's been good. He's been good. Coverage stats say that. Uh, other stats say that. He's also got one tackle for a loss. So he is a very good safety in this league. Shout-outs to Sox, Arizona. What's going on, Sox? Um, I know we missed Dead Red, obviously, and this is just for the fans as well. We missed Dead Red on Thursday. But with that being said, we're still going to keep track of our picks, uh, you know, even on the off time. I have track of my picks. Sox will keep track of his picks. And then, uh, you know, obviously we'll see next Thursday what the records are because I actually calculated this past weekend weeks one to three's records. And uh, Sox leads it. I'm not going to reveal the records. That's going to be for another day. Shouts to Tudo. What's going on, Tudo? He says, massive salute to big boss Alex. Great show, Alex. Thank you, Paisano. Um, but, yeah, Eddie Jackson, he's playing really well. Robert Quinn's another player that I would just watch out for. I mean, he was actually one of the first real tests for Andrew Thomas at the NFL level. Uh, I remember one of the first plays in the game against the Bears a few years ago was a Daniel Jones fumble. And which side did that come off? That came off Andrew Thomas's side. Whether you agree it's Daniel Jones that you know should have gotten rid of the ball or whatever, it came off Andrew Thomas's side. But Andrew Thomas is an All-Pro, Pro Bowl left tackle right now, and they're probably going to put Robert Quinn on Evan Neal. Now they have some other rushers. They do have Dominique Robinson, who they drafted out of Ohio. And I'm talking, actually, no, not out of Ohio. They drafted him out of Miami, Ohio. Uh, it seems like they did that with a couple other players as well. Sterling Weatherford's another guy. Uh, they took off the Colts practice squad, or they took him off waivers. Um, so he's a guy to look forward or look really you know, into. Uh, Robert Quinn, I just mentioned. Al Quadim Muhammad, he was a rotational pass rusher for the Colts a couple of years ago. So, and also Travis Gibson, the linebacker. So, there's a couple of guys you got to look out for. They're fourth impression percentage, but otherwise, they're not very talented and they're not very peppy in terms of sacks and all that. So, uh, there's another player. And then finally, Roquan Smith. I know PFF don't like him. Um, I kind of want more clarity on him just so I don't mix up all the things. Uh, you know, basically how to describe him. So we'll ask Mason the questions when he comes on around 850, 855. He's got 36 tackles on the year. 
a total of a half a sack and two tackles for a loss. Also to go along with an interception that set the uh, Bears up with good field position to kick a field goal. And that was the game-winning field goal last week, I think. So uh, just some stuff there. Here we go with some questions to answer. I usually give five, but I'm going to give a little bit more this week. Can the New York Giants O-line neutralize the Bears' pass rush and have a better week? That's what they need. I think this is could possibly be a get-right week for the New York Giants in terms of their O-line. Andrew Thomas is Andrew Thomas. Ben Bredesen, I think they'll rotate Azudu more. Azudu uh, would have really struggled last week. And Bredesen struggled a lot, but Azudu would have been torn to shreds last week. I mean, he probably would have been the worst player on the offensive line. Um but you'll probably see those two rotating again. Evan Neal's going to do his thing. Lewinsky and uh, Feliciano will probably try to gel again. So this could be a get-right game. If you have um, if you have Quinn on the side of Andrew Thomas, it might be a flawless game from the offensive line or close to. Now, I'm not going to really put any numbers on that because there could be a guy the Giants may have – look like Khalil Mack. Maybe it's a Dominique Robinson that has a ton of sacks on Daniel Jones. I don't know. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. He, I would think that the defensive coordinator would put Robert Quinn on Evan Neal's side a couple of times just to challenge him. Once again, we'll see. Neal's coming off a very bad week. Then again, he's a rookie. I don't really agree with some of this bust talk crap. Oh, well, the Giants drafted another bust. Like, it's four weeks, not even. And do we remember what happened to Andrew Thomas? He was bad in his rookie year, and then the next two years he was pretty much flawless. And Evan Neal's working on the right side, so it's not like it's going to impact the quarterback a shit ton. Like the first two weeks he struggled, but it didn't impact the quarterback a ton. Last week it did. Does Saquon get over 100 rushing yards? I think he does. I think they're going to pound the run, do a lot of other things, uh, maybe some screen passes to set up the offense in third down situations, which they did last week. And I was very proud of Mike Kafka and Brian Dable for, but I think he does get over hundred yards last week. The only hundred yard game I want to say Barkley had in the Joe judge era was against the bears last year. Now the giants lost that game like 29 to three or 32 to three. But um, this is a game he could get again over hundred yards and he's going to be competing with some of the top rushers in the league for that rushing title. Right now, he's competing with Nick Chubb, and the Browns play the Falcons this week. The Falcons are a rebuilding team. Not really one of the more talented rebuilding teams in the NFL, but hey, um, we'll see what happens. This, actually, before I get to Kayvon and Aziz, with no Shepard, Tony, or Robinson, how will the Giants attack the secondary when it comes time to? Uh, Kyler Gordon, he's a rookie out of Washington. Lamar Jackson... He is a guy that's you know was mostly with the Jets the last two years out of Louisville. Kendall Vildor played um, more than some of the other corners last year. So I mean, if we had Tony on the field, if we had Shepard on the field, if we had Wandale Robinson on the field, if we had those guys on the field, I'd say okay, let's prioritize the passing tack a little more. But run the damn football. That's all I'm gonna say. And. When you're set up in third and long or third and short, just get it to James. He's the only reliable receiver other than Darius Slayton, but they won't put Darius Slayton on the field. Uh, sorry for the burp there. I don't know that he has chemistry, meaning Daniel Jones with Marcus Johnson, so I can't really say, 
but Slayton's more reliable. If anything, he's the most proven out of every target we have. Uh, Galladay hasn't been shit since he's got here. David Sills has made multiple mistakes. Richie James, I mean, he's had you know some nice catches over the course of these three weeks. He's the lead receiver. Uh, yeah, Darius Slayton's the most proven guy. Get him on the field, play him. And he actually could beat some of these corners that we are facing this week. So third down and long situations, give it to Slayton. Um, and then do Kayvon or Aziz get any sacks? Kayvon wasn't necessarily great last week. He did have that one nice swim move. I don't think it was Tyler Smith or even uh, on the inside, but I want to say he was against Tyler Smith. Now, obviously, Cooper Rush got the ball out in time, so really wasn't looked at too much. Um, but yeah, I think Aziz gets a sack this week. I think Aziz gets a sack this week. Uh, the left tackles Braxton Jones. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking for the Giants to have at least two sacks. If they don't, I'm kind of be. I will be surprised, actually. I will be surprised and I'll be a little bit disappointed. But it depends the frequency of uh, passing the football for the Chicago Bears. Obviously, you can't have sacks when they run the football. Uh, Tuna says, Alex, bravo. Lots of good info. Roster breakdowns for tomorrow's game. Problems and solutions on the roster. Very impressive stuff. Great job. Um, Alex, demissing piece last night. Monday night was Leo to put the pressure on the cowards. They were going toe-to-toe up until they got the big chunk plays, their confidence and momentum. Absolutely agree, Tuto. Alex Giants' offensive line uh, was pathetic, except Thomas. Bunch of fat, no-good, bullshit losers call themselves pro football players. They couldn't even block a fart from any direction. Sorry for the French. Hey, listen, man. We curse on here all the time. Um, love the comments, Tuto. Love them. Uh, you're always a great supporter. But yeah, I mean, to be fair, John Feliciano's a vet. Glowinski uh, got his worth proven in Indianapolis. Evan Neal, I mean, he's a rookie, so we can't even you know judge him fairly yet. But Ben Bredesen, I mean, he's also a vet, and he's mishmash. Um, any turnovers, that's going to be something I look for, and I want an interception. Like, we had a fumble recovery, actually two of them in – Week two, we had a fumble recovery week one. Now it's time to make Justin Fields throw into a mistake. Aaron Robinson, I would love for him to get an interception. Um, I wonder how he's going to be off this appendix removal. I think he's going to be better. I know in one of the pressers, he says he felt a sharp pain after the game against the Titans. So hopefully he'll be back to form. Hopefully he will get to move a little bit more and be flexible and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I'm really looking for an interception. That's really what I want because fumbles are great, all that stuff, but we need to get ball happy in that secondary. We need to create some turnovers overall. And, uh, well, I kind of just answered, well, I really didn't answer, but I brought up the last question. Will Aaron Robinson look the same post appendix removal. That is a big question. No doubt. Can't wait to play Philly. Philly's a dangerous team. I want to see who they lose against first, but they play Jacksonville. Tomorrow? Yeah, they play Jacksonville at home tomorrow. That's the Doug Peterson homecoming, so you'll bet the Eagle fans will be very unhappy and they'll be throwing shit and whatever they do. They're Eagle fans. They're not very high class. Um, But I expect the Eagles to win. I very much so expect the Eagles to win. Keys to win. Now, obviously, we'll be doing this a little bit till we get uh, Mason on from Windy City Gridiron. Keys to win. Stop the run, in my opinion, is going to be the first one. Now, 
the Giants defense necessarily wasn't the reason they lost last week, but it really went into a way they lost. They gave up a Zeke rushing touchdown. They had a big run by Tony Pollard. Stay disciplined in the gaps. Put Jalen Smith in there. Honestly, I would put Jalen Smith in there with Micah McFadden. Micah McFadden knows how to shoot gaps. I think he's a little bit stronger, um, and he probably might have a higher ceiling than Tate Crowder. Not to say that Tate Crowder has been bad for his value, but Jalen Smith and Micah McFadden, that might be a very impressive run duo. And I'm definitely looking forward, hopefully, to see Kayvon and Aziz a little bit more in the game. I'm looking forward to seeing that because – on rundowns last week, the Giants were getting torched without them. Aziz can stop the run. He can penetrate enough to get a holding call. Same thing with Kayvon, uh, but stop the run. That's going to be number one. Number two, pressure Justin Fields. Either way, this is going to be an ugly game. It's not going to be very high scoring. I will be surprised if it is, but pressuring Justin Fields. This offensive line isn't very good. Uh, Aziz Ojalari and Kayvon will be hungry for the first sacks. Kayvon for his first sack in the NFL, Aziz for his first of the year, and maybe some of the interior guys as well. You know, Justin Ellis ain't really a sack guy. Nick Williams was a sack guy a few years ago with the Bears, I believe. Uh, DJ Davidson, maybe his first sack in the NFL. But some of these, you know, linebackers as well, and maybe the DBs, get some pressure on him. Make him throw into a mistake. Interceptions, that's what we're talking about, right? Um, and then also as well, run the football. Saquon Barkley, I mean, he's up there with Nick Chubb and some of these other guys in terms of rushing yards leaders. Take advantage. Take advantage. We have no wide receivers right now to cause a serious threat to this opposing secondary. So stop the run, pressure Justin Fields, and run the football. But with that being said, I do want to get to some comments, even though he won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, listen, Philly fans change their mind like we change our underwear. Um, Alex, I'm a defensive player myself, and I'm not trying to sugarcoat it, but tomorrow's game is all on the defense. They really should step uh, up to it at a pro level and dominate the other, other, other side. Otherwise, same old BS is every year. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're looking for progression out of this team. This is a rebuilding team. And by no stretch of imagination is this going to be an offensive battle. I think it's going to be a defensive battle. Who makes the more mistakes? We'll see. But with that being said, I would like to welcome on Mason West. He writes for Windy City Gridiron. Uh, Mason, how you doing, my man? Pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Where can people find you if they don't know where to find you at, of course? Yeah, uh, you can find me right below. You can see West Sports PT. Uh, that's where all my stupid takes and all that are, are usually found at. Uh, you could also uh, see us, if you want to, on our podcast, Bare Bones. It's a little bit more uh, injury-based. I am a physical therapist, so we go over uh, some of the Bears injuries. We do a quick fantasy trip as well and then preview the upcoming game. Wow, that's very interesting. Um, let's get it off right off of the bat. Um, with a less talented unit of players in the last few years, I mean, obviously back in the Matt Nagy era, you guys had talent, but it wasn't necessarily working out. Uh, two playoff trips, all that. How do you believe the rebuild progression is going? Obviously, both of our teams, as I said earlier in the podcast, are very alike in terms of their steps in the rebuild, in terms of being 2-1, and one, and really not so talented on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, how, do you be, how do you believe the progression is going through these three games so far? It, it's funny that you say these teams are similar. Like, uh, just on our podcast, I compared it to like the Spider-Man meme, just basically pointing at each other like, hey, look at, hey, you. Um, it's 
I mean, it's so early in the process. Uh, it was originally talked about as being a retool. It is not a retool. It's a rebuild. Um, the defense, you know, there's a couple of rookies in there. Jaquan Brisker at safety. You got, you know, uh, Kyler Gordon at corner, and he's ha- having his struggles. And the offense, there's it's a whole different looking offensive line. Um, Lucas Patrick, who's supposed to be the starting center, hasn't even played center because of a broken hand. He's been rotating at guard. It's like every other series, him and Tevin Jenkins are rotating. The receivers are okay. You know, Darnell Mooney is a really good number two. He is yet to show he's number one. Uh, you got Equinemia St. Brown, who is probably currently leading the Bears in receptions and yards, which he was a forgotten man on the Packers previously. It's it's tough. And you got Byron Pringle, who's done nothing. Uh, right now, I believe the stat is there are only three teams in the league who don't have more yards from a single player than the Bears do in total in terms of yards and receptions from their receivers. So it is a rough start to this rebuild, and it shows uh, and with Justin Fields' play as well. Yeah, I mean, I was actually talking about it earlier. I'm like, yeah, there's a couple of things that could definitely lead into the factor of that they don't have a 100-yard receiver. I mean, our 100, even though it's like weird that Richie James is our 100-yard receiver, I mean, we, we have one. Um, but leading right into it, what do you think of the, is the cause of Justin Fields currently struggling? And as you mentioned, some of the talent, do you value your wide receiver room as one of the worst in football? I personally value my team's one of the worst wide receiver rooms in football, but just because our guys aren't healthy and they're not proven. But what do you think is, first off, what do you think is the cause of some of the struggles that Justin Fields is currently having? There's a couple of things to that. First off, his rookie year was a waste of time. Uh, Matt Nagy, Bill Lazor, that whole crew that was supposed to be developing him, they didn't. He didn't take a single snap with the ones in training camp his rookie year. That was left fully to Andy Dalton. And then Andy Dalton gets hurt. The first game Justin Fields plays against the Browns, which a lot of people know is the game where he just got absolutely destroyed because they decided to not block Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. So, you know, fun way to start there. And then over the summer, they really started working on fixing his mechanics. So, for example, he normally was leading with his right foot in shotgun and they switched it to left. Now that's not a huge deal to you know maybe me and you, but when you're changing when you're doing it one way for so long and you switch it, it changes up the timing. His throwing mechanic is different because they're trying to speed him up, and so now that he hasn't been doing it for that long, you add on to that. You know, there's this phrase: "Don't let great be the evil of good." And right now, that's what Justin's doing. He's trying to be perfect. You notice that he he finds a receiver. He's looking right at the receiver that he should throw to. But the problem is he's not ripping it because he doesn't really trust what he's seeing right now. And he doesn't really trust his receiving bash because as we leading into your other point, it's not a great group of wide receivers. It's a bunch of guys who were number three, number four, maybe on some other teams, right? Byron Pringle never really produced heavily with the Chiefs. He was always behind the likes of Tyreek Kill, Travis Kelsey, McCole Hardman. Uh, you look at, again, Equinemius St. Brown, always behind Devontae Adams and the plethora of other weapons they had there. It's their rookie that they drafted in the third round. Bayless Jones hasn't played yet because he's had a hamstring issue. He should play in this game finally. Uh, and then Darnell Mooney, all summer they talked about how him and Cole Komet were, had this great connection with Justin, and we just haven't seen it yet. Again, because Justin's not trusting what he's seeing. And also, offensive line, the passing blocking is not great. The run blocking, dominant. That's another thing that the Giants and Bears share. Great run blocking. Pass blocking leaves a lot to be desired. And it's it starts on the outside. The tackles have been struggling. Center guard doing solid. Tackles are not giving Justin a ton of time. 
That's interesting because literally it's the opposite for the, for us. You mentioned the points of the passing and the running. Our interior is trash. I mean, obviously we have a rookie right tackle who's a first-round pick, but Andrew Thomas is locking it down. Shouts to Donald Stewart, who is the third of the boys in the Big Apple podcast. He says, like and subscribe to all the good stuff, peeps. Yes, and once again, uh, follow Mason on Twitter. Um, but with that being said, you obviously once again brought up the uh, Bears O-line being horrible against the pass, but paving the way for Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery as runners. Now, there was some stuff in training camp. This is one of my personal uh, questions, I guess. There were some rumors in training camp that Tevin Jenkins wasn't necessarily happy with you know the role he was getting or whatever the talking heads were talking about in terms of you know not getting a starting role because he was a, a what was his second round pick last year. Is he still having problems as a player, as a person? What are your thoughts on that? So coming out of college, his head coach specifically said Tevin needs to be coached in a very specific way. Uh, he just he does doesn't do well with a very very tough love. It seems like, and when he's gotten it, he's come with receded a little bit. So you know, came out had his back injuries, had a back surgery, so didn't start a good for most of his rookie year eventually got on the field rusty was at left tackle and then this was supposed to be all right full summer let's go but then all of a sudden fell off the face of the earth and what we believe has happened was that ryan poles the new gm for the bears didn't see him as a tackle um a lot of and a lot of draft pundits thought that too just because his arm length thought maybe he'd be more of a guard and when you look at tackle versus guard i mean there's the difference of you know notoriety money you know you don't pay guards a lot pay tackles a lot also a little bit of a pride thing when you're a guy that's always been at the top of your game, did what you needed to do for the team. That's, that's going to be tough when they're now asking you to play a role. That's maybe not as robust as you might like. So that was hard for him and he didn't want to do that. And there was like, did he ask for a trade? Did he not ask for a trade? Who knows? As of right now though, he has taken this thought process of being a guard and he's taken it fully on. Um, we've seen it time and time again. Like he is, one of the better run blockers currently. I would ar honestly argue in the league just because of his mentality and the way he finishes blocks, it's, it's punishing. Uh, guys don't want to get in front of him the way, the way he does it. And you see a pretty distinct difference. I mentioned him and Lucas Patrick are currently rotating. Lucas Patrick's doing okay, but Tevin Jenkins is absolutely mauler in that run game. Good to definitely know as Giants struggle against the run. And I believe you guys do as well. I think it was like bottom of the league you guys were – uh, you, which opponent? I mean, I, f I forget. It's off the top of my head. Uh, it's it ranked. You guys currently rank one of the worst run defenses. Like, who did you struggle against so much that it brought you down to that level? Like, we struggled heavily last week against Zeke and uh, Tony Pollard of the Cowboys. Yeah. So the first week, Fallon's hit or miss because it was basically playing a monsoon. If anyone remembers like that game and seen clips of it, it was ridiculous. I mean. Both teams were struggling to move the ball in general through the air. So uh, they, were, they were running the ball a lot. But Elijah Mitchell also got hurt in that game. So that one was kind of a push. The second game was really where it happened. I mean, that was against the Packers. So you have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. They were just destroying the Bears. They, they couldn't stop them to save their life. And then it wasn't just that, but they were getting passes on the backfield too, which then opened the run game even more. That was really the game that pushed the Bears' current ranking so far down. They contained Damian Pierce relatively well going into that game. There's a lot of conversation and this happens, you know, all off season going in, in, into the regular season that Damian Pierce was this fantasy darling draft him in, you know, the a little bit higher rounds. So He'll be your sleeper running back. And he had a decent game, but he didn't break out like everyone thought he would. 
So it was really that Packers game. And when you have Aaron Rodgers, even though they have really not a lot of receiver help right there right now, rookies and a bunch of old guys in, you know, who should be on pension right now who are currently catching for him, that's going to open up that run game. And they're just so good, that, that tandem that they have. Definitely agree. Tudo says, Alex, great show, great discussion, great interview with your guest. Overall, amazing show is always an impressive. Bravo. Thank you, Tudo. Um, moving over to the defensive side of the ball, obviously – it was about a year and a half you guys had Khalil Mack and uh, Robert Quinn. Obviously, the la- one of the m- most memorable last times we played because last year you guys just blew us out and the first play of the game was a Michael Lennon fumble. So, I mean, that was just the Joe Judge era. That's a different story. <laughs> but um, obviously, Khalil Mack went to the Chargers this year. Robert Quinn is probably the, one of the more notable pass rushers that you have. Um, do you think they've done enough to help Quinn? Do you think he's a number one guy? I saw you also have uh, a late draft pick in Dominique Robinson out of Miami, Ohio. Explain that thought process. They really, they as in the Bears organization, really thought Quinn would be an important piece here, whether it was being you know a mentor to some of these young guys, uh, potentially even building his stock up a little bit, maybe a trade deadline, kind of a, a deal to go there. He's been missing, really. Uh, he got stonewalled consistently last week uh, against Larry Tunsil. And Tunsil does that to a lot of guys. I mean, Tunsil is a, a great left tackle. Quinn refuses to flip sides. You know, he likes his hand down. It, it's tough. And he did, he has not done much. But when you look at the other side, you mentioned Dominic Robinson, Travis Gibson. Both of those guys have done significantly better putting pressure on the quarterback and actually in getting sacks. So right now, those are the two that you'd actually have to look out for. Could this be a get-right game for Quinn? Potentially, but he's not the person I would be too concerned with at this point due to it seems like age is catching up with him a little bit, and again, just his lack of desire to ever really move in the defense besides from his current position. Yeah, and I think you know if he was to move a little bit, I think that would be a little bit more impactful in terms of this game for the Bears' pass rush. I mean, obviously you mentioned Travis Gibson and Dominique Robinson probably being on the right sides. It could be a get-right game for Evan Neal. It could be just another rookie struggling game. Um, but it's really the tale of two years, at least the way I look at it. Um, you know, Andrew Thomas really struggled against Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack, um, most notably Robert Quinn in his first year, that second game against the Bears, and one of the you know first plays of the game was Daniel Jones' fumble coming from Thomas's side. But now Thomas has improved to where he's one of the best tackles in the league. Where you see Robert Quinn, you know he's going out of his prime a little bit, and you're talking about how his you know he has that refusal to flip sides. I mean that could possibly impact the game in a big way. Now obviously the Giants are more of a running team, so we'll see what impact all of those rushers have. But in terms of passing downs, the Giants don't really have good solid wide receivers so it's either going to Barkley or possibly you know who knows but getting pressure on the quarterback I think is definitely going to be a big part of this game knowing that you know for either side because both offensive lines aren't very good in terms of uh, pass blocking now moving a little bit into the secondary Jalen Johnson is going to be out for you guys besides Eddie Jackson how has the rest of the secondary progressed and you know, I could also ask the same about two rookies in Jaquan Brisker and uh, Kyler Gordon. Starting with Kyler Gordon, it has been rough for him. Uh, you know, he got thrown in in that second game because Jalen Johnson was out also against the Packers. Aaron Rodgers picked on him all day long. And let's be real. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to do that to a lot of rookies. But, you know, he got left on an island a lot. And he just sometimes just wasn't covering his guy. Uh, there was communication issues. 
there are times where it seemed like he wanted to pass off his receiver and there wouldn't be a safety there. So who was that on? Was it on Eddie Jackson or was it on Kyler Gordon? I'm going to say it was probably on Kyler Gordon, the rookie. Um, and there were some times where he would run with the guy and not take someone else coming off across from him. So he's he's definitely in a trial by fire right now. It, he was definitely better against the Texans, but let's be real, the Texans aren't exactly line, throwing out great receivers out there either. Uh, in terms of Jaquan Brisker, he hasn't been as impactful as I would hope. He has a knack for being around the ball. And he did that a lot in college. One play that comes to mind is the uh, Wisconsin interception comes out of nowhere, reads it like a book, perfect interception in the red zone and to turn that game. And he hasn't had as many of those, but he has, he's always around the ball. He's, but he's got a fumble recovery already at this point. Uh, he's pretty sure tackler. The coverage has had a couple lapses, but again, expected from a rookie trying to match up with Eddie Jackson. Uh, and Eddie's for the, most part has always had a veteran alongside him so far. I uh, like Deshaun Gibson was here the last couple of years before that Adrian Amos, before he ended up going to green Bay. So, you know, there's, there's a learning curve to that. So between the two risker has definitely been the more impressive one uh, com- comparatively. And then now with Jalen Johnson out, there's a bit of a revolving door going on in terms of that other corner. Uh, there's a undrafted free agent currently uh, jail, uh, man, uh, Jalen Johnson. There we go. There's too many uh, combination of these guys. Um, that he's coming in now and playing the slot, which is bumping Gordon out. Uh, Kendall Vildor, if you bring his name up in Chicago, a lot of people usually run screaming <laughs> or are raging. Uh, he got burned a lot last year, but I think a part of it was a bit of the scheme. He's doing much better in this scheme, and actually he had a tipped pass that A. Jackson had a reception for, so that was like a great play for him, a little bit of a comeback there, which is nice, and actually got the – that was down in the red zone, so that was a huge, huge play. Texans were definitely going to – looking to score there so he's come around a little bit but again it's just not that deep uh, he would you're you would like him as your cb3 you don't want him having to start for you and so it's interesting because like you said yes the giants are on their last legs of receivers but the secondary is not exactly stalwart either definitely some good points and before i go to one of the comments he made a great play last week obviously to get you guys into winning position how do Bears fans and generally Bears reporters, writers, what is their consensus on Roquan Smith? Overall consensus is Roquan Smith is a baller. He is one of the most underappreciated linebackers in the league. He should have had a couple Pro Bowls. He ends up losing out to guys like Fred Warner and Bobby Wagner year to year because they tend to A, be on better teams, or at least the Seahawks were a better team at the time for Bobby Wagner and B they get a little more of those big stats. They've had some more sacks. They've had some more interceptions, but Roquan's always in the top five, top three in tackles. Uh, he's always all over. His athleticism is absurd. There's a bit of a rift that occurred though. Cause he did throw out that, you know, trade request that happened and it was on uh, like family fest, which is not the time that the bears wanted that to happen. It's supposed to be about bringing in the season starting and bringing everyone together. And here is Roquan being like, Hey, trade me. Cause you don't want to pay me. The problem is, to pay to he wants to reset the market as a linebacker and Bears don't want to currently do that because again he hasn't made all those bunch of pro bowls you know he, he hasn't been in conversation as a as a top five guy in the league overall for defensive player or anything like that so and also new defense how are you going to play in this new defense we can't shell out a giant contract if you don't know that so chicago fans love him i mean chicago and linebackers go hand in hand going all the way back to the 85 bears and everything like that and as far as we understand 
uh, Eberflus, the head coach, and Poles, the GM, I mean, they love and want him too. It just has to be at the right price. Definitely. Uh, Tudo says, Alex, your guests seem to be very cool, knowledgeable, and professional. Your questions, contrary to, to some other guests, just bullshit for sales. Uh, Donald also says, what is Fields' future if the Bears end up going in the top five? Are they in line for C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young? So that's a really interesting question. Uh, there's a Bears chat I'm in with a bunch of uh, people in the know for the most part, and it's kind of split. The The consensus for the most part is you're either in the group that says, well, to if Fields can have a Deshaun Watson-esque end of the season, if you can see progress, if you can start putting up stats, you know, touchdowns, things like that, and you end up in that top five, they're probably looking at a three technique. But, I mean, if this continues the way it is, I mean, right now he's a passer rating of 50. Uh, he had he threw zero touchdowns and two interceptions in the last game. There is a solid chance that, yeah, they're looking at a Stroud or a Young. I personally haven't given up on Justin Fields. He has so many tools. He's such a smart guy. I've had a chance to talk to him a couple of times and meet with him. He's he's all the things you want. It's just right now there's it's just not connecting. You know, it's very different, for example, from Mitch Trubisky. Mitch, you forced yourself to be okay with him being your quarterback versus Justin, you want him to be your quarterback. There's just something about, I mean, like, you know, I got the the picture, but I mean, that's the guy I want leading my team. It's just it's just tough right now. Uh, I believe he'll string it together, and I don't think that the Bears are going to end up drafting another quarterback. I think he's going to be the guy. Yeah, I mean, to to your point, and also adding something on that we've kind of had the discussion about Daniel Jones all these last few years or whatever, it's not like the Bears are a quarterback away. Offensive line talent seems to be an issue. Wide mm-hmm. receivers, all these other things, corners, you know, lack of talent for you guys. So, I mean, it would be devastating. And just not necessarily ideal to see you guys, you know, or any Bears fan, you know, Bears fan seeing the Bears in a top five position again. But once again, you know, there's a lot more players than quarterbacks coming out next year. And I think there's a lot more focus points Um, going into tomorrow. Who do you list as two X factors, one on offense and one on defense for uh, the Chicago Bears? Uh, On defense, I'm going to go with Eddie Jackson. He's the guy who is that Swiss army knife in a way. While yes, he's mainly playing safety. He'll get sent out into some other positions. He'll get put in a, in a way to make some impact plays, uh, not fully like a Jalen Ramsey. I mean, Jalen Ramsey's his own beast in terms of how they use him like a chess piece, but it's like Jalen Ramsey liked. If he, if Eddie can get around the ball and he's, he had a little bit of a, a Renaissance, he had a l- rough couple years. Um, turns out he had uh, some pretty heavy personal stuff going on, some death going, you know, in the family, his, his brother passed away. And that really weighed on him. It was hard for him to play. But this year, very, very different. If you can get around the ball, turnovers happen. Uh, on offense, the obvious one would be Justin, but we're going to ignore that just because, I mean, that's two, two on the nose right now. For me, it would be Cole Komet. Uh, if Cole Komet, who has been very disappointing throughout his entire career so far as a Bear, if he can get a five, six reception kind of game, you know, maybe a touchdown in there, that opens up so much because, you know, in theory, that's probably going to be a seam route, something like that. Uh, maybe a tight end screen that we, uh, we've actually seen a couple of times in preseason. If one of those things can happen and Justin did so well in college with his tight ends, so many of his highlights went to again, that seam route, or even like a, like a, a deep dig across. If Cole commit can op- open up the middle of that field, all of a sudden, now you have some of those slant routes from a Darnell Mooney that can actually start working a little bit more. The run game can start working a little bit more too. Uh, so that for me, that's, Without going with the obvious choice of a Justin or a Khalil Herbert, it would be Cole Komet. Uh, 
Right. Shout out to AJ Marshall. He says, what's up, guys? Keep it up. How do you feel about uh, the new Bears regime? I personally love him. I, I mean, like, I love uh, Ryan Poles. He's got this quiet confidence about him. He goes about things the right way. He's a very intelligent guy. Uh, and also, I mean, it holds a, a bit of a place in my heart. You know, he's one of the first ever black GM in Bears history. I think that was amazing to see, especially because the Bears are trying to be at the forefront of stuff like that. Uh, Eberflus is a guy you want to run through a wall for. And especially in a day and age where, you know, you see the Brian Dables of the world who are getting jobs, you know, McDaniels obviously getting a job. Um, actually, both McDaniels, so both one in uh, Miami and then one with the Raiders, you know, these offensive guys who are just getting job, job, job. So it's impressive that he was able to currently lead a team more as a CEO versus having to actually just be the offensive guru. And that's the thing, too. He's not even calling defensive plays. Alan Williams, defense coordinator, is. So Eberflus is purely about, hey, I'm just here to control my team. I'm here to be here for my team and support my coordinators however I can. So, so far, I'm a big fan of both of them. But, you know, time will tell. Definitely. And then two players kind of afraid of or you want the Bears to game plan for when it comes to the New York Giants, one offensively and one defensively. Even though he's coming off that MCL sprain, Kayvon Thibodeau still terrifies me. <laughs> like, I got to go to the Combine this last year, and I talked to him in person. And, you know, I was doing this, looking up, talking to him the, the, the entire time. Uh, he's he's a really smart player, the way that he talks is the X and O's. And he's a very passionate player. And just the skill set he brings is is terrifying. I, I never want any player to get injured. But if he could be a little slow still from that injury, I wouldn't hate it. Uh, in terms of the offensive side of the ball, it's Saquon Barkley. I mean, Saquon is two years out now from that ACL sprain tear. Excuse me. Um, a lot of people obviously were freaking out in his first year back where he wasn't quite himself. But when you look at it, most players are only about 75 to 80% of where they were a one year out. And they get to 100% at year two. So this was, at least in my opinion, just knowing what I do from the rehab side, totally expected. And he's really one of the only top running backs that's consistently producing you look at some of the other guys you know austin eckler derrick henry they're struggling a bit at least in terms of what we expect saquon doesn't care he he's just he does what he what he needs to do and that's what's really helping the giants be two and one yeah i mean he's had a, a few different performances against the bears over the years obviously 2018 they won that game because of saquon barkley uh 2019 not much i mean that was not a very good offensive game uh, 2020 obviously had the uh, the ACL tear. Um, 2021, which was interesting, is you know he wasn't schemed correctly in my opinion. I think they kept running him just straight up the gut, uh, not being you know to the sides and whatever. That was Jason Garrett's offense, but he still got 100 yards, which I once again found interesting, which was his only 100 yard game in that whole era. And then obviously you know we'll see what happens tomorrow, um, but. Who do you think is going to win tomorrow? And if you want to, you could put in a score prediction as well. I'm still leaning Bears right now just because while he's not playing well right now, I go to quarterback when it's so close. To me, it's so close. You know, the running games mm -hmm. are similar. The, the the passing games are both not great. The receivers are both not. I mean, we, we just went down that whole list. While Justin Fields has really struggled, I still have a hard time picking Daniel Jones over most quarterbacks. I just don't, you know, I, my mind goes to the, him having that breakaway run and him falling on his face. It goes to just 
I don't know. He's got that face you love to hate. He's like Eli Manning. I don't know why the Giants keep getting these guys. I feel uh, sorry. It's just like these faces that you don't like. Um, and he hasn't backed it up with his play. So for me, I'm going to go with the Bears 23-17. Um, it's also supposed to be not great weather. So that's definitely going to impact the passing game even more so. So I would not expect a lot of offensive fireworks. Yeah, I don't think it's good. I think it's going to be a very dirty defensive game. Uh, in terms of just like no offense whatsoever. And, you know, it's it's funny because Giants fans kind of say this all the time and you do have the Giants fans who are like, let's get Daniel Jones off this team or whatever. Um, they're like, okay, but do you realize that opponents are looking at us and saying, okay, we're actually playing Daniel Jones this week. So obviously Giant fans have to look inside their own team or whatever. Um, but however, that being the case, I'm going to stick it to 19 to 12 Giants. I think this could be a little bit of a get right game um, in terms of defensively better than the last few weeks. They have to stop the run, though. That's going to be one of the biggest things. Offensively, they just have to move the ball slightly um, because I think time of possession is going to play a factor. It definitely did last week. And uh, you want a three and one record rather than a two and two record heading into London against the Packers next week, who. Yes, the Packers, I believe, this week are on the road, and if they're not, they're at home, but they're playing Brian Hoyer in the Patriots, so they're going to definitely have a good game. Um, but once again, Mason, it was great having you on. Uh, for the people that are new in the chat, once again, where the, can they find you? Yeah, you can find me at West Sports PT. That's my Twitter handle. Uh, I have not just bear stuff on there in terms of, again, injuries. I do a lot of the other team stuff around the league, big stories have a bunch of stuff up there on Tua, for example, and just conversations on how the concussion management should be, things of that nature. Um, and then you can also listen to the podcast I do, Bare Bones to IR and back again. That's, you can find that on YouTube, Spotify, things like that. Well, we'll see what happens tomorrow, obviously. Two rebuilding teams. Probably going to be a defensive game, as mentioned multiple times. Mason, great having you on. Uh Tudo says Alex will be at London Stadium on October 9th. Giants matchup against Karen Rogers, very same stadium we were at uh, 2016 against the Rams. Also, I was a part of Italian national rugby team against Wells last March. That is very interesting, Tudo. Everybody, like, comment, and subscribe. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or a video drops. Apple Podcasts, five-star rating. Share this out. Do all the good stuff. Uh, once again, thanks to Mason for coming on. Great discussion overall. And uh, we will see you guys next time. Tomorrow is the call-in show. So any fans, 8.30, we have our call-in show monthly. But uh, we appreciate you guys, and we will see you next time. Peace. Good night. (laughs) 